Welcome to BLHQ. I'm Stella Chu. And I'm Jenny Belly. We're two big Dame fans, and this is season two of our weekly podcast where we talk about Scum Villain Self-Saving System written by MXTX. We'll be deep diving into each chapter, discussing the story and our overall impressions. Beware, there's going to be fangirling ahead. And if you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get unedited recordings and bonus episodes. Or you can follow us for free on Twitter at BLHQ Podcast. And a recap of last week's episode, Luo Binghe brings Shen Qingqiu into his palace in the demon realm. He tries to show him kindness, but Shen Qingqiu doesn't trust any of his actions. They end up brawling when suddenly, Shen Qingqiu goes into a seizure and faints. When he wakes up, he finds himself in the holy mausoleum in the demon realm, summoned into his old body by Tianlong Jun and Zhuji Lang. Tianlong Jun's plan is to massacre everyone in the four great sects, but he needs something from Luo Binghe, so he's using Shen Qingqiu as bait. Luo Binghe breaks into the mausoleum, but he's not strong enough to defeat his father. Shen Qingqiu uses his knowledge from the novels to get through all the booby traps in the hall and escape with Luo Binghe. Yeah, last episode was kind of traumatic because suddenly yeah. Shen Qingqiu dies right in front of Luo Binghe for like the third That's time. That's the most saddest fucking scene. And they just skipped over it like so quickly. They're just like, oh yeah, my corpse shriveled up and Luo Binghe like freaked out and like summoned like 200 rhinoceros demons to like break through into this like really heavily secured like building like that was just crazy (laughs) yeah it's completely glossed over just how epic it is yeah 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 and also like lobingha and his father's fight was just really like it's also like really like epic and like bloody because like talanjun is so strong but again that's so glossed over like everything's just like Oh yeah, this crazy, amazing thing happened, but this is a sentence long. <laughs> Just a sentence long. Oh man. Yeah. This is why the fan fictions are so strong. Yes. I love yeah, it. The details. We need the details. Chapter 15, Holy Mausoleum Part 2. After exiting the three halls, Shen Cho and Luo Binghe find themselves in a dark and silent corridor. Their breathing triggers a bunch of last breath candles, lighting up the entire hallway in green. A group of blind corpses start approaching them, but Lobingha simply raises his hand with a cold look on his face, and the corpses retreat into the shadows with lowered heads. Senjincho watches him and notices that Lobingha's face is red and he's avoiding eye contact. How strange. He always stared intently at him before. Why is he acting all awkward now? Senjincho is literally wearing a sleeping robe and has his hair loose. Oh, that's why. He's pretty much naked. Yeah, because... He was summoned into his old body, which was in like funeral robes, which is just like just thin white sleeping clothes. And he has, his hair is undone because he was like dead. So like, you know, he's just like walking around with like the thinnest layer of clothing. Damn, damn. Yeah. Suddenly Luo Binghe asks, are the meridians of that body working well? Senjin Cho is thrown off by the question, but replies that everything is fine. I think it's also like really badass that Luo Binghe just looks at the, the walking corpses and they just like leave them alone. They're like, yeah, oh, well, God. because he's strong enough to enter into the Holy Mausoleum. Mm-hmm. Well, Lobingha did spend five years trying to fix this body. So he nods and says, that's good. I preserved the other body for a few days, but it's still withered in the end. That doesn't bode well if anything goes wrong with this one. <laughs> Can you imagine? He just like, he mm. saw this, the dead body. He just like tried to preserve it for a few more days after it like shriveled up. Oh my God, that's so Dude, fucked that's up. that's so fucked. That is so fucked up. He's just pouring his spiritual energy into yes. it and it's just shriveling. Yeah. Loving her is just like an endless supply of energy. Bro, that's so sad. 
Shen Qingqiu is shocked that Luo Binghua managed to even keep the mushroom body alive for a few days. Normally, it withers instantaneously, so Luo Binghua must have used a shit ton of spiritual energy just to preserve it for that long. Then, Luo Binghua says that those two demons from earlier aren't good companions. Even if Shen Qingqiu doesn't want to stay with him, he shouldn't associate with them. He encountered Zhu Long in a fight in the past and he barely won. And this was his first time meeting Tianlong Jun, but he couldn't win against him either. At this point, Luo Binghe doesn't know who they are and how he is related to them. Ah, it's your daddy. Yeah, your cousin. <laughs> and he's like, they're, they're really strong. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't associate with them. They're bad news. Yeah. Sun Qing Cho notices that Luo Binghe is limping as he walks, and with mixed emotions, he moves to support him. But suddenly, Luo Binghe collapses. Sun Qing Cho is unable to fully support his weight, and he slams him to the wall. He touches Luo Binghe's back. He realizes that the corpse rain had corroded his clothes, and the skin on his back is rotting. Oh no. He pats Luo Binghe's cheek lightly to make him wake up, but his face is hot and red with fever. No matter what Sun Qing Cho does, Luo Binghe doesn't wake up. Sun Qingqiu realizes that in the past few days, Luo Binghe exhausted all of his spiritual energy trying to keep the mushroom body alive, only for it to wither up and die. Then he caught hundreds of rhinoceros pythons to break into the holy mausoleum. Then he got beaten up by Tianan Jun and hit with corpse rain. Luo Binghe is in a serious condition. Oh no, poor baby. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, like no matter how protagonist you are, like he just went through a shit ton in the last few days, like. Oh my god. He's all beat up and battered. His HP is like negative right now. Like at the bottom, like a sliver left. Like literally his flesh is like dissolving from the corpse rain from the previous booby trap. And he's just like, ugh, loving her. He tried so hard just to get this one person who doesn't even like return his affection. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That brings us into chapter 16, Melting Ice Part 1. With Luo Binghe unconscious, the blind corpses begin to approach them again. Chen Qingqiu summons Xiuya to slice through them, but more corpses appear and they easily dodge the blade, which is reflecting too much light. He tries to use spiritual energy to blast them, but his energy is not limitless and this old body has less energy storage than the mushroom one he got accustomed to. He brings Luo Binghe's body away as he kicks corpses back, but they are never ending and he accidentally keeps crashing Luo Binghe's head against the stone wall. <laughs> Oh my god. Chen Qingqiu guiltily cradles the back of Luo Binghe's head and he already feels a bump there. Let's not give him brain damage, okay? Eventually, Chen Qingqiu runs and finds a room that has a bunch of coffins. Maybe it's like a storage chamber? He finds an empty one and leaps inside, dragging Luo Binghe inside with him before the blind corpses can catch up. Ah, once again, coffin scene. Coffin. So many coffin scenes. MXTX is obsessed with coffins. Yeah, secret coffin kink. Right? Yeah. Every single one of her books has coffin stuff in it. It's like, it's an enclosed space. There's two bodies in them. They can't really move. There was a dead person in there at some point. Yeah. Coffins. Kinky. Senchin Cho slams into the bottom of the coffin and then Luo Binghe's body smashes on top of him. Senchin Cho can barely breathe. What has this kid been eating? He looks so slim. How is he so heavy? Senchin Cho only is able to close the coffin lid halfway before the last breath candle and blind corpses find their way inside the room. He can hear the corpses shuffling outside and tries to stay as calm and still as possible. But Luo Binghe's demonic mark on his forehead is glowing red and is attracting the corpses towards them. Oh no. Sun Cho curses. Why does it have to be so damn bright? He turns his head and uses his mouth to cover the mark. Ah! He's kissing his forehead. 
He could have held his hand up to cover it. No, no, it. no, no hands available. Just the mouth. Just, just the mouth. the mouth, apparently. <laughs> he thinks to himself, it's whatever. Don't think about it. Survival comes first. He secretly wanted to kiss his fucking forehead. Let's just be real here. <laughs> also, that's probably loving his kink, too, because he likes mm. being kissed on the forehead, mm-hmm. especially on the demon mark. <laughs> but then a corpse's hand reaches into the coffin to grope around. Thankfully, the coffin is deep enough that the corpse does not reach them, but suddenly it reaches down even lower, almost touching Lo Bingha's spine. Panicking, Chen Qingqiu uses his arms to push Lo Bingha down closer against him, pressing them tightly together. But Lo Bingha's body is so hard. What is that? An eight-pack? A slab of rock? But just then, the corpse changes directions and almost touches Lo Bingha's legs. Quickly, Shen Qingqiu spreads his legs open to put lobing his legs in between his. There is no more space now. He can't make them any smaller. Can it please go away? Eventually, the corpse leaves after feeling empty air, and Shen Qingqiu lets out a sigh of relief. Lamau. Oh my god. Literally, his legs just like open with lobing his legs in between them, and he's like hugging him tightly, like squeezing him to his chest. Yep. And with his mouth on his demon on mark. On his forehead. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> This is so, wow, what a position. It's what a great, position. it's a great position. Yes. Do what you gotta do to survive. Mm-hmm, absolutely. That's true. He's just, he's just doing it for survival. No other ulterior motives, obviously. Yeah, not like he likes his no. skin or anything. He just has he to, to do this to like not die. Rub his crotch against no, his No, of crotch. course, they're literally just crotch to crotch right now. They are just like, they're just like one person right now. <laughs> Love it. Love it. This position is entirely too improper. Sun Qingqiu is about to push Lo Bingha up when suddenly he hears a voice saying, it's far too early to relax. Immediately, Sun Qingqiu flips them over so that Lo Bingha is beneath him. He then brandishes his sword and sits up in full alert. Who is it? But all the blind corpses have left, so the room is empty. Who is talking? The voice says, if this elder wanted to go unseen, even if you search the entirety of the holy mausoleum, you wouldn't find him. Sinchincho realizes that the voice is of Mangmo and he sheathes his sword. In the next instant, an old man appears in the chamber and sits on top of one of the coffins. Sinchincho says that he must be dreaming if Mangmo is here. And remember, Mangmo is the dream demon that was stuck living inside lobing his head and taught him all his demonic powers while he was stuck in the endless of. Yeah, he's kind of Lobingha's like uncle mentor in a way because yeah, yeah. he Lobingha will never accept him as like an actual teacher. Nope. Refuses to call him Shizen. <laughs> he asks for help entering Lobingha's dream realm in order to wake him up. But Mengmo says that he can't wake him up or get inside. Lobingha's spirit is too chaotic and he's sunken into a dream from which he cannot wake. This only happens to people who are on the verge of death. For the past five years, he's worn himself down performing soul summoning rituals. On top of that, he's massacred his dream realm creations, which destroyed his own spirit. He wasted all his energy trying to save that mushroom body, and Shinmo even took that opportunity to revolt. And then he fought the most powerful heavenly demon in history. This was bound to happen sooner or later. Damn, that's really messed up. Look at him. It's like bam after bam after bam. If Lobingha doesn't die, it would be a miracle right now. Protagonist plot armor, please. <laughs> Senshincho asks, Senior truly has no way to wake him? Mengmo replies, I'm powerless to help. Senshincho bows and then lays back down in the coffin. Mamo asks, what are you doing? Senshincho replies, sleeping until I wake up. <laughs> He's so sassy. He's like, fuck you. You can't help me. I'm gonna go back to bed. 
<laughs> Mama becomes angry. You dare ignore this elder? Sinjing Cho closes his eyes. Since Senior says he was powerless to help, then I can only wait until I wake up and get him out of here myself. Mengmo humps and says that the Holy Mausoleum is dangerous. He can't possibly protect Luo Binghe alone. Sen Jincho sighs and says, But in this moment, other than I, his master, who else can protect him? Or to put it another way, who else would protect him? Aww, Luo Binghe only has Sen Jincho. No matter what, even if his feelings are a mess, even if the situation is a mess, he can't let Luo Binghe die here. Meng Mo says in a cold voice, After so many years, you're finally willing to admit that this brat is your disciple and that you are his shizen? Then he sighs and says, ah, If this brat could wake up and hear those words of yours, who knows how overjoyed he'd be? And then he shouts in rage, I'm clearly this kid's shifu. Just how much have I taught him, huh? Power to overturn the heavens, techniques to manipulate every heart. Yet he refuses to call me shifu. You. A common cultivator. Merely taught him a few superficial forms and half-baked techniques. But he chases after you, crying and yelling and calling you shizen. It drives me up the wall. <laughs> He's jealous. So jealous. He's like throwing a temper tantrum. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> it's because Momo's ugly. <laughs> Since you chose He's just an old beauty. man. He's just an old man. <laughs> Since you chose is angry too. How dare he call Changchang Mountain sex or techniques superficial? But before he can open his mouth, Meng Mo explodes, finally letting all his pent-up feelings out. He says that he should have killed Sen Jin Cho when they first met. Lo Bing He has so much potential, but as soon as he's around Sen Jin Cho, he acts like a good-for-nothing, pretending to act all aloof. He should either kill him or do him. Making all of this fuss of will he, won't he is too infuriating to watch. <laughs> oh my god. Sen Jin Cho can't listen to this anymore. He snaps, are you done? If you're done, can you let me wake up? Mungmo says angrily that even if he woke up, the crack in the barrier that Lobingha made to enter the Holy Mausoleum is already closed. So how will he leave? Oh my god, I love Mungmo. He's just like, why? Just fucking, just fuck and get it over with. What? Why are you acting like this? Lamao, love it. Shen Xingxiao doesn't give up. The place where Lobingha broke in might still be weak. Perhaps he can use Shinmo to open it up again. Mungmo says that Shinmo might not allow Shen Xingxiao to use it. Shen Qingqiu replies that he has no choice. He has to try. In the next moment, Shen Qingqiu wakes up and he finds himself lying on the stone coffin with Lo Binghe on top of him. He tries to sit up when suddenly, his right leg brushes against something stiff, jabbing into his thigh. Ooh. At first, he thinks that it's his sword hilt. So he reaches down to move it, but as soon as he touches it, the system explodes Yo! Protagonist satisfaction points plus 1,000! Congratulations on unlocking this achievement. Physical relationship advancement. Oh my god, you touched it. You touched it. You touched it. You touched it. Oh my god, you touched it. <laughs> it was not a sword hilt after all. Nope. <laughs> and also, like, how, do, how are we getting protagonist satisfaction points when Loving is literally, like, unconscious? Like, shouldn't he be conscious for this? Like, what the fuck? What, how does this work? Probably? System, how do you work? <laughs> what the hell? Senjin Cho looks down and stiffens into a dry husk. That is not a sword hilt. It's the heavenly pillar. The heavenly pillar. He's going to kill everyone in this room and then himself. Oh my god. After flailing about, he slaps himself across the face. Oh my it's god. It's a natural phenomenon when a guy is asleep, okay? 
<laughs> it's it's really hard. It's it's really hard and big. It's a heavenly pillar. Oh my god! It'll go away on its own, right? But just letting it sit there and not do anything about it isn't it kind of painful? Shenzhen, what are these thoughts? What are these thoughts? What are wow. these thoughts? What are these? Okay. Listen, don't yeah. ever let a guy trick you into thinking that it's painful, okay? He can deal with it himself. You have no responsibility. But, like, how gay is he? He's like, oh, that looks really painful. Like, do I need to help him out with that? Like, no one would think that way unless he wanted to touch it, you know? Like, he just wants to touch it. And he's thinking of an excuse. He just wants to. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like he can help Loving Hood jerk off, right? Just pretend he didn't see anything. As a season, he has no duty to help his disciples simmer down. Shen Cho shoves Loving Hood off of him and drags him out of the coffin. Oh Shen Cho, you are so in the closet, it's like not even funny. <laughs> like, yeah. You are just so oh repressed. Ugh, he just has these thoughts. <laughs> they go to the east end of the mausoleum, where Meng Mo says that Loving Hood broke through the barrier. The further Shen Cho goes, the more damp and slippery the walls become, until eventually they are covered in green moss and vegetation. There are tree roots and flowers and vines all over the hall, even insects and birds. Eventually, he finds himself in a large room that looks like a forest, with white crystals embedded in the ceiling in an imitation of the night sky. Every tomb in the mausoleum is personally designed by a demon noble while they are still alive, and they decorate their space according to their preferences. The owner of this tomb must have been gifted in herbology, cultivating poisonous flowers and rare plants. So I have a question about the holy mausoleum, and it kind of answered yes. it just now. I'm imagining that all these like royal demons mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are the only, they're the only people who can enter the holy mausoleum. Yes. No one else can enter. So no servants. No servants. So the holy mausoleum itself is probably dirty AF. It's probably so messy. I don't know. Do they have? Yeah, it's like full of like, like dusty, like treasures and like rare artifacts. And like only, yeah, only the people who have the heavenly blood, of which there are only three in this universe right now because everyone else is like deceased. Yeah. So it's just funny to me. <laughs> it's just a bunch of underground caves. It's kind of like, um, like a rich person's basement that they don't let their servants go and clean and it's just disgusting and there's like yeah. rotten pizza boxes everywhere because like they don't know how to take care of themselves. Well, this tomb has like a bunch of insects and birds. So maybe the birds clean, let's naturally <laughs> clean up. It's like a jungle well, right now. It's like a jungle. <laughs> it's mag- I'm imagining that. That's funny. Yeah. Wait, there's also like blind corpses. Maybe they get the corpses ah. to tidy up. Yeah. Because there's monsters everywhere guarding the thing yeah yeah they yeah. have to do chores they have chores and defend the place that's their role for free no mm-hmm. pay senshinto removes his outer rope and drapes it over his and lobinga's head carefully walking onwards but suddenly they are attacked by a blade shooting towards them quickly senshinto summons shuya to block but then a second blade appears aimed at lobinga's throat senshinto hesitates to throw lobinga aside the plants surrounding them are too dangerous. In a moment of desperation, he twists and raises his arm, catching the second sword with his bare hands. It tears open his palm, pouring blood Ooh. all over his clothes and the ground. Sinjin Cho looks up and sees two figures emerge from the trees. It's Cho Hai Tang and the old palace master of Huang Kuo Palace. Where the fuck did they come from? The most random two characters to have ever appeared ever. They didn't need to be here. How did they get in here? Okay, so if we don't remember, Cho Hai Tong is the one who was like, quote unquote, engaged to Shen Cho in the past. And also the one that like threw him under the bus when like 
the sewers were like wrecking havoc in the city. It's like she's she was like the last nail in the in in the coffin that made him become like a really suspicious person and like ruin his reputation. And she said that she claimed that he murdered like his her entire family and like you know and she was supposed to be he was supposed to be engaged to her but then ran away. So she's here all of a sudden. Yeah, she has a vindictive personality. Like she she's wants out for revenge. revenge. She's like, you killed everyone and you left me. I'm out for you. And she couldn't find him this entire time because he was like uh, a peak lord. And she never in her entire life would have imagined that he would become a peak lord. So that's why she hasn't seen him all this time. Until yeah. Now. Yeah. And then the old palace master of Huanghua Palace. When was the last time we saw him? He had disappeared, according yeah. to the little palace mistress. After Lo Binghe became the leader of Huanghua Palace, he was gone. But Shen Qingqiu had died. The last time he saw him was when he got arrested in the water prison. Mm. <laughs> because after he died from the um, the explosion, that's when Lo Binghe took over Huanhua Palace and that other old guy disappeared. Disappeared. Don't know where. Here he is now. Chou Haitang pushes the old palace master forward on a wheelchair. His entire body below his neck is covered in a thick blanket. The sword that Shen Qingqiu caught is still pushing forward, causing him to hold it even tighter, almost cutting his hand right off. But he keeps his face serene as he says with a fake smile, Miss Cho, old palace master, I hope you've been well. Cho Hai Tong says with rage, Do you think I look well? He just asked as a greeting. He didn't mean anything by it. But the old palace master looks filthy and wrinkled, completely different from his immortal pristine appearance back at the Alliance Conference. He reveals that he actually was not in seclusion as the entire cultivation world was led to believe. No thanks to that little disciple of his. Sanchincho is worried that he's here for revenge against Lo Binghe, so he tucks him behind himself, shielding him as much as possible. Chu Hai Tang spits out, Senjo, I said it long ago. I wouldn't mistake you even if you burned to ash. I knew your self-detonation in Huaya City must have been some sort of trick, dying to atone for your crimes. <laughs> as if you were that sort of person. I saw through you at first sight in the demon vixen's territory. So you didn't die after all. Ever since Cho Haitung saw him in Cha Hualing's cave, she must have kept an eye out for him and then snuck into the holy mausoleum under Lo Binghe's nose when he was too exhausted to notice any intruders. Wow, you really can't underestimate a woman's grudge. Damn, that she was determined. She is determined. I can't believe she like stalked her way all the way over here. Mm-hmm. Seeing the two of them together, Shen Qingqiu realizes that the old palace master was the one responsible for Cho Haitong's surprise appearance in Jinlan City. He wonders what exactly he did to offend the old palace master so much. But the old palace master says that when Lo Binghe joined Huanhua Palace, he mentored him to take over the sect. But Lo Binghe refused to call him master or marry his daughter. Instead, he obsessed over Shen Qingqiu. The old palace master looked into Shen Qingqiu's background to see what was so special about him and was surprised to find out all about his old affairs. So it turns out that all the disciples of Huanhua Palace disliked Shen Qingqiu not because Lo Binghe brainwashed them, but because of the old palace master's influence. Ah, that is revealed now. He literally blamed him for everything, and it was none of his fault. The old palace master just wanted to adopt Lo Binghe. Yeah. And Lo Binghe was like, no, I can't live here. I, I'm, I'm obsessed with Shiz and I'm obsessed with Shen Jingqiu. And he's like, what's so good about this Shen Jingqiu anyway? And guy. then he like found out all his dirty secrets and he found Shu Haitong and like got all the information from her. Damn. Damn. 
Sinjinchou looks at the unconscious Lobingha. If only he was less stubborn and agreed to take on another master, so many problems could have been avoided. Sinjinchou sighs. The old palace master has looked upon my disciple highly. Yet the palace master's two sword strikes were clearly directed at him. Your words and actions don't seem to align. The old palace master replies, Back then was back then. Now things are not as they were. Peak Lord Sun, please step aside. I do not care what happens to you. I just want this boy to pay for what he's done. But Cho Hai Tung laughs and says, He'll leave you be, but I'm still here. Oh my god. Two worse people. The old palace master says, How dare Lo Binghe do this to him after everything he's done for him? He won't rest until he's killed. Shen Qingqiu replies that Lo Binghe spared his life and his daughter's life. He could have killed them easily instead. But then Chu Hai Tong tears off the blanket on the old palace master and Shen Qingqiu is shocked, silent. The old palace master has become a human stick. All his legs and arms are cut off. No wonder the old man has a grudge. Why didn't Lo Binghe just kill him? Why leave him like this? Shen Qingqiu analyzes the situation. Lo Binghe is still the protagonist. Perhaps his plot armor can still keep him alive against the palace master? But he still hesitates to step aside. Plot armor or not, he just can't watch Lobinga get hurt and bet on whether he will live or die. Woo, the human stick curse oh got passed God. on to another. Yeah, it was supposed to be Shen Qingqiu's original fate, but now it's the old palace master's fate. He just became a, a torso. A yeah. torso. Gross. Just gross, gross yeah, torso. Gross, gross. But at least he can still command his uh, swords, though. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, he can use his uh, chi to like make the swords fly on its own. But like, yeah, he has no arms or legs. That's awkward. Mm -hmm. Just the head. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, the old palace master opens his mouth and uses his spiritual energy to shout out a blast attack. Sinjin Cho uses his bleeding hand to block a few waves with his sword sheath, but his other hand is busy holding Lo Binghe behind him. Aww. Despite being a human stick, the old palace master still has all his spiritual energy and his howls manage to crack Shuya's sheath. <gasps> Eventually, a blast forces Sin Qingqiu to fall backwards, but he turns at the last second to use his own body to protect Lo Binghe, cushioning his Aww. fall. Aww. He's, he's protecting him so hard. So he's like hard. literally, his hand almost got cut off and he's still like protecting him. Cho Hai Tang pushes the old palace master closer, who comments, you really do protect him a great deal. Cho Hai Tang screeches, fake. It's all fake, this bastard. Who's he putting on a show for? Oh my gosh. He's like a whole other person, Cho Hai Tong. You don't even know. Yeah, Senjo's gone. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Shen Qingqiu gently blows some white fluff away from lobing his face. The old palace master thinks that Shen Qingqiu has accepted defeat, so he ignores him, looking to lobing her instead. But suddenly, his expression changes and he sighs. <sighs> they look almost alike when his eyes are closed or when his expression is cold. Shen Qingqiu feels queasy and pulls Lo Binghe closer, saying, Take a good look. This is not Su Xian. The old palace master breaks out of his daze and he spits out angrily, Why wouldn't you listen to my orders? Why wouldn't you just listen to me? Was I not good to you? Didn't you want Huanhua Palace? Didn't you want my seat? I knew you wanted it, ever since you were young. If you just listened to me, what wouldn't I have passed down to you? But one after the next, both of you ingrates spat on everything I gave you. Spat on everything I gave you. The old palace master curses Tianlan Jin and Sen Qingqiu, roaring with rage. 
And then suddenly his face makes an abrupt 180, becoming gentle and parental. Xi'an, come here. Zen has something for you. Drink up. He looks like he's in a trance with saliva Ew. dripping from his lips. Ew. Cho Haitong is disgusted and backs away. Sen Chincho finally realizes the truth. The old palace master's love for Su Yang, Lo Binghe's mother, was no different from molestation. He literally raised her. Ugh. From, uh, That's awkward. Yeah. No wonder she betrayed her sect to run off with a demon without hesitation. And no wonder the old palace master was so obsessed with Lo Binghe, his perverse possessiveness of Su Yang passing on to him. No wonder Lo Binghe carved him up into a human stick. Yeah. Well-deserved. Yeah. Because Lo Binghe looks so much like his mother. And I guess like as soon as Lo Binghe entered the palace, the, the creepy old man being, was really, really creepy towards him. And Lo Binghe's like, mm-mm. Not on my watch. Gross. Yeah. But he still doesn't know that Sushiyan is his mother. It's a sad thing. Like, he doesn't know who his parents are. He just saw this old man being a creep towards him. Shenshincho cradles lobing his head into his chest so that the old palace master can't keep fantasizing about him. This is too much. He shouts, Have you had enough? Now that he can't see lobing his face, the old palace master's gaze turns hateful. He opens his mouth to launch another spiritual attack. But... No sound comes out. His entire body is frozen. Shen Cho laughs mentally. Ha <laughs> it's here. You really thought I was some dumbass Mother Teresa who wouldn't hit back when attacked? You really thought I was too weak to fight? Shen Cho has purposely not used his spiritual energy in this chamber because all around them is white fluff, fo- white fluff floating in the air like dandelion seeds. It's a demonic plant called Ties That Bind. Ah, so clever. So clever. So smart. This plant is attracted to people with spiritual energy, and it plants its seeds inside their bodies. The more energy that's used, the faster they take root and bloom. The old palace master is now covered in green vines sprouting through his flesh. He's still alive and in intense pain, but he can't move or speak. Cho Haidong trembles in horror at the sight, immediately fainting on the spot. Ha. One can't move and one is unconscious. TKO, total knockout. Sen Cho sighs in relief and pulls Lo Binghe up. But just then, a deep, uncontrollable pain crawls up his right arm. He looks down to see that some of the seeds have planted in his arm when he was using some spiritual power earlier to block the two sword strikes. Well, it's fine. At least Lo Binghe is safe. Uh, not his right arm again. Why is he always... Like, right now, Shen Cho is, like, really fucked up right now. Like, his entire, like, right arm has, like, seeds and plants growing out of it and his other hand is like fucking cut up from the sword strike earlier and there's like blood all over his robes and he's just like just in bloody robes like he's just so fucked up right now his body just woke up too literally just refreshed in his body like a brand new body <laughs> as Shen Qingqiu drags Lo Binghe out the old palace master cries out and jerks himself out of the wheelchair he painfully squirms through the grass like a worm and mutters don't go. Don't go. Don't you go. With the last of his energy, he opens his mouth and roars out a final spiritual blast. Shen Qingqiu barely manages to block it with his cracked sheath. The vibrations of energy hit his arm, stirring the bloody roots inside. He's in agony, but he holds on tightly to Lo Binghe. The old palace master rolls towards Chu Haitong and yells, Aren't you going to kill Shen Qingqiu? He's right before your eyes and you're asleep? Get up! Kill him! Kill them all! 
But when Cho Haitung wakes, she sees the bloody body covered in vines close to her face, and she screams and draws her sword, flailing it about. Sen Jing Cho warns her to calm down. If she uses more spiritual energy, she'll draw the seeds to her. Truthfully, he has no grudges against her. I mean, her hatred is with the original Sen Jing Cho, not him. But when Cho Haitung sees Sen Jing Cho, she trembles and says, It's not possible. Not possible. It's fake. It's all fake. It wasn't my brother. My brother didn't oh. do anything wrong. Oh. It couldn't have been him. You're lying. I didn't know. I didn't know it was like that. I didn't do anything at all. So why do I have to suffer for so many years? <gasps> Shen Cho is completely confused. What is she talking about? Did something happen while she was unconscious? Why is she acting like a completely different person right now? Cho Tong screams at Shen Cho. What exactly did you think of me? Did you hate me? Pity me? Want me to suffer a fate worse than death? Why didn't you kill me? Why didn't you kill me? Shen Qingqiu is stumped. Cho Haitong turns and runs away. Shen Qingqiu yells at her to come back. It's too dangerous to run around randomly, but she's already gone. Shen Qingqiu can't exactly chase after her, so he mentally lights a candle for her and continues on. He's like, I don't know. Bruh. Shrugs. He's just like, shrugs. I don't, I don't know. She's already gone. <laughs> Good luck to her. Rip. The old palace master can't do anything now. And in a fit of madness, he starts eating the grass and leaves beneath him, laughing as he chews. The vines and flowers sprout faster and faster all over his body until finally he's completely covered and stops moving. Gross. Bro. It's, hmm, I wonder what happened to Cho Tong while she was unconscious. Yeah, who knows? Mm, I wonder what, she's, what, what happened to her. Why is she suddenly like, gone crazy and saying all that shit mm, curious curious <laughs> i mean we already know what happened so we like, know yeah you guys are gonna find people out people who already read this already know but uh it's it must be mysterious to the uh the unknown people <laughs> tianlanju's voice suddenly appears through a voice transmitting spell peak lord zen has played such a spectacular game of hide and seek why don't we guess when we'll meet again Sen Cho is in pain. The ties that bind plant has already crept down his leg. If this keeps up, he won't be able to walk. He glances at Lo Binghe and clenches his teeth. Then, mentally stealing himself, he tears open his robe, grabbing a handful of bloody vines and pulls. Ugh. His mind goes blank. A chunk of his flesh has been torn out. Sen Cho pants for breath, sobbing. It hurts so fucking much. This was right around when I was reading that I was like, this book has now gone from LOL to no. oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah, that was just, that's disgusting. Like there's literally just, imagine like your whole body, but there's like literally vines snaking in and out of your flesh and like growing out of your body, out of the pores. Like there's flowers and leaves and vines, like just pointy, like thorny vines just coming out of your pores. And like the only way to get it out is to pull it out. Oh, gross. Blood everywhere. Gross. Just dying. But even though he's bleeding, at least he can walk now. Tianlong Jin knows where they are, so he needs to move faster. After leaving the forest tomb, Shen Qingzhou finds another chamber. He sees an empty stone coffin and carefully places Lo Binghe inside. When he tests Lo Binghe's forehead with the back of his hand, he finds that it's still scorching hot with fever. Even the demon mark on Lo Binghe's forehead is growing redder and brighter. Shen Qingzhou places Shen Mo in Lo Binghe's hand and then slowly closes the coffin. Another coffin scene. You can't stop with the coffins. He just, he buried him in a little yeah, coffin. Yeah, you, 
you have some air in there. It's fine. You need to take a little nap. <laughs> Tianlan Jin and Sutsi Long finally find Shen Jinqiu. His robes are a bloody mess. His face is pale, but he stands with Shuya drawn in the center of a chamber with a cool expression. Tianlan Jin is shocked. We were separated for a mere moment. How has Peak Lord Sen ended up in such a woeful state? On the other hand, Tianlan Jun was engulfed in fire, but he looks totally fine. Only the edges of his robes are a little bit singed. What the hell kind of logic is that? Shen Jinqiu says that Lo Bingha left, but Tianlan Jun doesn't believe him. He would never leave without Shen Jinqiu. But when Tianlan Jun tries to take a step forward, he realizes he can't move. Shen Jinqiu smiles. This chamber belongs to the Mobi clan, who are ice demons. Tianlan Jun is covered in ice crystals from the waist down. Sutsi Long is even worse, with both of his legs and one of his arms already frozen solid. Yes, this is the same Mobe that's Mobe Jin's family. And they are all ice demons, so of course they have an ice chamber trap. Freezer. Mm-hmm. Shen Jinxiao thinks how convenient it is that the mausoleum is full of traps that he can use so he doesn't have to fight with his own hands. As soon as anything warm enters the chamber, it is frozen into an ice statue until it shatters into shards. Shen Jinxiao knew this beforehand, so he lowered his body temperature as much as he could before he entered. That's why his face is so pale. Tianlang Jin tries to use his demonic chi, but the ice doesn't melt. He says, So I genuinely wasn't mistaken. Peak Lord Shen knows my race is forbidden mausoleum practically as well as the back of his hand. Shen Jinxiao simply waves and moves to leave. Tianlang Jin turns to Zhu Lang and says, I told you that if you were truly determined to bring Peak Lord Shen into the demon realm, you would have to guarantee that he wouldn't cause trouble. You know what you have to do. Oh, do what? Uh-oh. Oh no. Uh-oh. Uh? Sun Qing Cho suddenly feels a sense of foreboding. Su Long says, Immortal Master Sun, my apologies. But before he can react, Sun Qing Cho feels blood parasites activate in all the veins in his body and he struggles to stay standing. Oh no, more pain. Oh no. He just experienced so much oh, pain. No. Oh no. He's just so he's getting so beat up right now, like just one after another. <sighs> Tianlan Jun asks, Peak Lord, this can't be the first time you've drunk Heavenly Demon's blood. How are you still not accustomed <laughs> to it? Senchin Cho asks, When did you make me drink it? Tianlan Jun teases. Peak Lord Sen, don't forget, your mortal body was in our hands for no short amount of time. There's really too much we could have done. Too much. Like, oh, wow. what wow. could they have done wow. to his body? What are they insinuating? <laughs> no wonder they were able to track him down so easily. It's infected with fucking de- blood parasites all the time now, mm. just forever. Mm. His body is not his own. Nope. Shen Xingqiu ignores the pain and keeps walking. The two demons are still frozen, so he has a chance to escape. But the more he walks, the fiercer the blood parasites get. Tianlan Jin remarks, To be able to walk so far even in this state, Pete Lord Shen must have an iron will. Truly an extraordinary person. Or should I say that you're willing to throw even your life away for my son? Yuji Long says, My lord, I... The subordinate can't suppress it anymore. At that moment, Shen Qingqiu feels the pain disappear, and he immediately breaks into a run. Tianlang Jun is surprised. Can't your blood suppress him? Zhu Lang is confused. It could before, but for some reason this time it can't. Shen Qingqiu's body is at its limit, but he still continues to move forward. He has to get Lo Binghe and he has to escape, but he pushed himself too far and his knee gives out. Before he oh. hits the ground, someone catches him. Shen Qingqiu's vision is blurry as he looks up 
what he sees, Lobing He's furious eyes looking back down on him. Tianlin Jun and Su Jilong are completely covered in ice now. Lobing He enters the hall, stomping down on the ice crystals that try to form on his boots. He slams his hand against the statues, but they don't break. Sun Jin Cho explains that the crystals aren't easy to shatter and attacking it won't kill the people inside. They might as well focus on escaping the mausoleum. Luo Binghe whips around and goes to Shen Qingcho again. Shen Qingcho is happy to see Luo Binghe awake again and is about to ask how he's feeling when Luo Binghe roars furiously, Didn't I tell you not to associate with them? Shen Qingcho stares at him blankly before a flame of anger erupts in his heart. Well, it looks like Luo Binghe is better now. Fine. He turns and starts walking in a random direction. Actually, Shen Qingcho has no idea where he's going he needs Lo Binghe and Shinmo to escape from here, but he seriously just staked his damn life, dragging Lo Binghe all the way, only for him to yell at him? No thank you. But Shen Qingcho doesn't get too far before Lo Binghe catches up to him and grabs his arm. Lo Binghe says, Are you crying? No! He's crying. He's mad. Bro, he went through all this shit just for him to get yelled at. I'm like, and then he just starts just bursting into tears. Oh, like, poor boy. I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad. Sun Qingcho is frozen. Is he crying? Is he crying? Not possible. Sun Qingcho wipes his cheek with his uninjured hand and, oh, oh, indeed, there are tears streaming down his cheeks. Sun Qingcho reasons that this must be tears of pain from the ties that bind plants still rooted in his arm and leg. How unsightly. Lo Binghe's anger disappears and he says, so earlier when I heard the faint sounds of Sitzen crying, that was real? Sun Jinxiu lashes out, embarrassed. What's crying? I don't know anything about that. He tries to walk away, but Lo Binghe holds him tightly from behind. But he accidentally touches Lo Binghe's injured right arm, causing him to groan in pain. Lo Binghe immediately lets go to examine him in the candlelight. Oh my god. He's such a cinderella. He's like, I wasn't crying. You're crying. What are you talking about? These are not tears. You're crying. Get away from me. The more Lo Binghe looks, the more shocked he becomes. Every inch of Shen Qingcho's body is covered in injuries. Wasn't he perfectly fine before Lo Binghe fainted? He says in a trembling voice, This was all for me? Shen Qingcho is going to spit blood. If not for Lo Binghe, then who? But he's too embarrassed to make a big deal out of it. And he says, Your hand, let go. Lo Binghe says softly, I won't. Shizen, don't be angry. I was wrong. Shen Qingcho thinks, you say that so many times. He tries to wave him away, but Lo Binghe latches even tighter like sticky candy and he says, Shizen, why don't you hit me? You can beat me up to vent your anger. Shen Qingcho thinks, help, there's a masochist over here. Someone come lock him up. Ha 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 ha. Oh, what a heartfelt scene though. Oh my God. I know. Like he didn't see how injured he was until he saw him in the light. He was just mad and then he like realizes all that he's done for him he's like oh fuck mm. i fucked up i was i was wrong yeah Cho just starts to walk down the corridor with lobingha sticking to him the entire time after a while Cho says helplessly you're always like this crying and admitting your wrongs but you never change what's the point lobingha is close to sobbing i'll change all right Sten, don't don't abandon me Seeing him act so pathetically makes Sun Qingcho want to smack him on the head. 
Where did he go wrong? How did he raise such a crybaby? What would everyone say if they knew that this fearsome lobing hung to his sitan's sleeve and wailed when no one was around? Who would fucking believe it? Not even Ying 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 cried this much. Oh my god. Ah! It's such a good scene though. It's Because like, they already have so many misunderstandings and yet there's another misunderstanding here where like Lobingha thinks that Shen Jingqiu abandoned him in a coffin while he was like unconscious to join up with the other two demons. And Shen Jingqiu is like, bro, I like risked my entire ass life to save you and you're going to treat me this way. He just like starts crying. Oh my God. I love that so much. I know. I love it. But also like, wow, what a freaking abusive relationship. <laughs> I know. He's just like, oh, just hit me. It's fine. I know I made you upset. Just hit me. Oh, man. Love it, though. Ah, yeah. What do you guys think of this scene? Isn't it so good? Oh, my God. It's so good. I love this whole coffin, the mausoleum arc. So mm. good. It's like, is this This is where all the, like, annoying, like, misunderstandings finally gets, like, released. Because, like, Shen Qingqiu is, like, this is where Shen Qingqiu realizes that, Mo- that Lobinga did nothing wrong. <laughs> like, he literally was just, like, being an obsessed disciple and like just trying to like be with him all the time and he because the entire time Chichicho thinks like Lobingha is like this two-faced like manipulative asshole who's trying to kill Chichicho and all this stuff and he's like oh my god Lobingha is just like an idiot he's like a pure he's just a dumbass he's just a dumbass is in love with me he doesn't know anything like that's all he is (laughs) (laughs) and it took him dying twice to reconcile with all that yep 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 so you know it's fine Two deaths. Two so, deaths. Two whole deaths. God damn. <laughs> Poor loving <Lobingha>. So traumatized. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And that's like he, he reacts to everything by like crying about it instead of. I know. You know, he's either like really angry or like really upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about our off topics today. Absolutely. So I want to talk about a manhua called Lost in the Cloud. Okay. And it's, let me tell you the synopsis of it. Our main character's name is Skylar. It's a set in high school. He's part of the photography club and he takes a lot of pictures of one of the uh, members in his photography club, um, Chanil. How do you pronounce it? Like C H A N I L. Chanil. Chanil. Oh my God. Chanil. 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 You know, you're fine. It's good. Call him Chani. <laughs> Jenny. Okay, so he takes a lot of pictures of him from afar, like stalker style, where he like is like you know all the way in the window, and then he watches him from like the soccer. Totally field normal like, behavior. Yeah, and so he saves all these photos on his uh, on the cloud, and then somebody else from his class, uh, Cyrus, finds uh-huh. the cl- finds this folder and blackmails him. And the Cyrus is Chenil's like. like friend in his friend group mm-hmm. and so he's like threatening him like hey i'm gonna show this to channel and he'll know that you're this creepy stalker like gay guy okay there's a lot of homophobia in this story by the way okay okay our boy is not someone who just rolls over he's kind of like like not even a tsundere he's like an angry boy he doesn't care about anyone he doesn't want anyone to like be friends with him he doesn't want to be around anyone and so he like okay. fights back immediately but cyrus fights back it's like a whole lot of fight there's a lot of um beating each other up in this story okay. and he gets entangled with him skylar and cyrus end up like needing to hang out a lot because of circumstance and you realize that skylar has like a really traumatic middle school life and cyrus 
had a really traumatic childhood. And both of them are these like angry boys who will literally just do all the bad things instead of like right. go to therapy. They just don't know how to deal <laughs> with their each feelings. other like shit. Yeah. So what ends up happening is you find out that Skylar um, had a childhood friend who he was like best friends with for uh-huh. years and then eventually developed a crush on. And one day he accidentally like kisses <gasps> him while he's sleeping. Accidentally. Uh, as Accidentally. Mm-hmm. And his best friend like was like, what the fuck are you doing? This is disgusting. Don't <gasps> fucking touch oh, no. me type of thing. Like super homophobic. Um, so later on, he like Skylar tries to apologize to his best friend. His best friend's like, fine, if you want to apologize, like you, you really don't have feelings for me. Like, I didn't think that I was like bad. Maybe you should kiss me again. He's like, well, okay. Oh. And so he blindfolds him. This is like super spoiler, okay. by the way. Blindfolds Skylar and Skylar is like blindfolding. He's like, all right, let's kiss. And so they start kissing and he realized like the kiss is kind of, not fun it's like gross it's very loud saliva he's like what is going and so he hears from his from behind him you really enjoy this don't you and he realizes that his best friend is not even the one kissing him takes off the blindfold there's like this ugly guy this ugly like classmate who's like making out with him he's like oh you made me do it sorry yeah so like his best friend like completely betrayed him was like you you disgust me like he straight up is like the best friend's like, you're disgusting. I hate you. And like, I wish that we were never friends, like all this kind of stuff. He says all the bad things and ends up like in the really bad situation where all of the, all of the people who were their friends, like start bullying Skylar, like bully, like beat him up. Like every day comes home, like his grades are failing. There might be some stuff that happened that was like off screen Mm -hmm. that they don't show, but they might have non-conned him. Okay. It's really dark. dark. Completely show. Yeah. So then Skylar ends up like having to transfer to a different school, move completely out of the area, and it becomes a loner and doesn't have any friends. And that's when he joins the photography club because he has to. And mm-hmm. Chanil is just a nice guy who keeps wanting to be Skylar's friend. And he keeps put like and, and Skylar keeps pushing him away. Like, don't fucking talk to me. You're just uh-huh. like, I don't want to be your friend, but you're so annoying. Uh, but then eventually, like, his walls break down. He's like, okay, I want to be his friend now. I oh. think I like him a lot. And that's why the, the photos happen. And so Cyrus, his fucking backstory. Oh, my God. His, uh, his, he's a, a rich boy. And his mom died when he was really young, like six years old. His mom died. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never got over his mom's death. And his dad was trying to be a good dad, but eventually was like, I hate my son and I can't go on without my wife. Like, I hate this kid. I And, and he ends up like remarrying to different wives like five times, like new, wow. new stepmoms um, every few years. And so Cyrus like eventually like kicks out every stepmom somehow. Like he just runs the stepmoms out of the house and he is determined to like ruin the lives of like all of the adults around him and anyone he like cares about because he wants them to feel the same suffering that he feels. Wow. So now present day, he has gone through all this stuff with Skylar and you know, eventually he gives back the photos and he's all he wants now is to just be Skylar's friend. But like Skylar's like hates him <laughs> so much after like being tortured yeah, by him, basically, like, course. you know, being blackmailed by him. So the story is just kind of like watching them progress slowly over the course of like the school year and seeing like how they react to each other's right. mean trauma and stuff. I really like the story so much. It's so dark. Yay. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know me. I'm the captain of angst. Yep. 
if it doesn't make you upset, then it's not worth reading. Exactly. So I am reading, I am still on my Space AU fanfic journey, and I am reading um, this fic called From the Ashes, written by Mostly Nonsense. It's a Morazushi Space AU. And this one's, I really love this one because it's so different from all the other ones. I've And just in general, it's really different from all the like Morazushi fanfics that I've read. Because it's set in it's set in Lanjan's perspective, and I remember this. You said a while ago you wanted a fanfic where Lanjan hates weighing. Yes, this is the this is the fanfic where Lanjan hates weighing. <gasps> it's like such a slow burn because it's like eighty two thousand words, and like literally for two thirds of the fanfic, Lanjan fucking hates weighing's guts. Like he he okay. So okay, here's like some backstory. They're in space. There was a huge, huge, huge like like atomic bomb level war with like an alien race and it was all over a misunderstanding it was like a, a, a war that should never have happened because the humans went they're like expanding so they went into this alien people's territory and the aliens like accidentally because they didn't know and the aliens thought they were like invading so they like defended themselves by like shooting fire and the humans are like oh fuck we're getting fired upon we'll shoot them back and so like this huge like mega galactic war happened where like a lot of people were conscripted into the army. Um, a lot of people fucking died. Eventually, the humans invented a like, it's a, it's an atomic bomb, but like, like space level. Like it it was so bad that it like destroyed planets. Damn. And it was so traumatic and upsetting that literally Lanjan has PTSD from it because he's like a survivor. Like, um, there was like the war was separated into like red sector, blue sector, green sector, and he was in a sector that saw a lot of warfare. And he's like kind of he has like a lot of PTSD from like seeing everyone die from this bomb the the purpose of this war was pointless it was all just over a stupid misunderstanding a lot of aliens died a lot of humans died and it was like for what and his family has always been in the military they're like a military family and he decides to leave the military after this war is over and there's like peace he's like i can't deal with this anymore i can't deal with death i can't deal with murder i'm just gonna live another life and his uncle is really disappointed in him because, like, we are from a proud generation of military people. Like, you can't just leave the military. And he's like, I can't. And so his brother encourages his, encourages him to leave. And he decides to just be, like, because he's all he knows is, like, like fighting and, like, defending. So he decides to be, like, a small-time security guard for this small, like, um, trade ship, like a trade mm-hmm. vessel. So he's in this trade vessel. He just wants, like, a quiet life where, like, there's no more fighting and no more war, no more conflict. Um, but he is introduced with an- the second security. There's two security guards. It's him and Weying. And Weying was also in the war, but he he was in the sector that was that that never saw warfare. Like he was in the safe sector. So Weying is like, you know, he makes jokes about the war. He makes jokes. He like plays it off very lightly. And Lanjan is hates him for it. He's like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. Like I went through so much. I saw so much death. You didn't see any fighting. You didn't see any death. You have no idea what you're talking about. Shut up. Like he just hates his guts. He's he just doesn't like how he takes light of every everything because like to launch out it was like a really deep mental scar like in his heart. So like for like fucking two thirds of the novel, it's like they are forced to interact with each other because like um while they're doing trade they're, while they're trading like they get into like most of the time it's safe and they're able to like explore other planets and like um like learn people's like interact with the other alien species and like um it's a lot of like tr- you know just kind of chill but like but Lanjan and Wang also like train train daily with each other and they have to like spar and like despite himself Lanjan thinks that Wang like I can see why Wang is popular like he's very personable 
He's very chatty. He can make friends with anyone in the crew. But I fucking hate him. He just like he's he like constantly gets on his nerves. Con- like he doesn't he cups keep they have to like room together. So he's like constantly disrupting their his routine. And he is like making light of his trauma. So like every single like interaction with him is like laced with this like anger and like resentment, right? Uh eventually things thing shit goes down where the Wens are trying to like initiate another war because they want more power. Because they were because because of the previous war, they were able to rise to power and get a lot of money. So they're they they have this plan where they take an alien ship and pretend like they're gonna drop another like atomic bomb on the on this new human planet to like to offset another war so they get rich. So Wang and Lanjan like find out that this is happening and like try to interject and like they're like they like they try to interject and like Wang is like has a panic attack when he sees that the bomb was on the ship and he's like. Lajan is like, why are you having a panic attack? You've never like you you've earned the safe sector. What like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it turns out that Weying was actually um at the last minute he was transferred into another sector because he was like fucking around too much. So like his supervisor's like, you have to go over there. And um while he was fighting there, it was literally at the moment where that bomb went off and he was right on the edge of it. So he literally saw like all of this people that he ever met in his entire life, like all the people he met, all the people that he was friends with, literally all died in front of him. And he's so like his his coping mechanism was to like make fun of it and like not talk about it and like make light of the situation. But like seeing the bomb in front of him, like made him freeze and it almost caused the Wens to like kill an entire planet until like weighing until Lanja like was able to like step in and like save him and like and then stop stop the stop the bomb from going off but like it just like it was this i love there was this really big crucial turning point where lanjan realizes that like all his hatred and like anger towards weighing was a complete big misunderstanding because like lanjan did see battle i mean weighing did see battle weighing was is just as traumatized he just he just dealt with trauma in a different way and lanjan didn't know that he didn't like accept that for him so he he just constantly assumed that Wang was like fucking around this entire time and so like Lanjan's like shift in personality and like how he views Wang and then like Wang is like after that moment happens Wang is like super like all his trauma that he's been like bottling up finally comes out and he like he's like like suicidal like he doesn't like he's like really upset like he's like 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 he keeps waking up from nightmares like he doesn't know he can't sleep alone and like he like one of the nights he even tries to like go into Lanjan's bed and like get physical affection from him in order to like calm down. And Lanjan's like, no, this isn't right. Like you're not in the right headspace. Like we have to stop this, even though like he does have feelings for him. It's like really sad. It's very angsty. But I swear to God, there's a happy ending. I desire ending. this. Yeah, it's really good. It's like it's just so much like it's a lot. It's like a slow burn. So there's a lot of like character development and like a lot of reading about what people think about each other. There's like not much action. It's a lot of like just introspective character development. So if you're into that, I highly recommend this fic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just added it to my mark for later. Oh, there you go. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. cool. Let's talk about Patreon. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. We like to read comments from people and reply back to them. So mm-hmm. let's talk about 
let's see, season two, episode nine, bottom show. Abby mm-hmm. says, I'm a zookeeper specializing in primates. And now I'm trying to oh. figure out which MXTX characters all my animals are. I will never look at them the same way again. Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> that was Tell us. You have to report back and tell us about yes. your animals. So oh the reason God. why they posted that was because the fic that I was talking about was where the That's characters were, fucking were animals. Um, they, <laughs> yeah, they were like mermaids. So, and they had a zookeeper who was like keeping them. Yeah. Yeah. We're just watching yeah. them. <laughs> the mermaid AU, but not the kind you think it is. Yeah. It's not the sexy mermaid. It's like literally animal <laughs> zookeeper AU. <laughs> Let's see. I love that. They also posted, um, have you guys watched Ming Young? So I've watched the f- not yet. first three episodes. I don't know if you guys know this, but the author actually had to take it down from Vimeo, even though I paid for it. Yeah. So now that's, I'm out like four bucks. <laughs> it's but it's, it got put back. Did it? Yeah. Oh, you didn't see this? Oh, okay, good, good, good. Uh, no, Adonia sent me a a, a a Twitter post from the production company. They just they put it back. They put it back. They put it back. Everyone was outraged. The fans were listened to. Yeah, dude, I would have been. I was so pissed. I wanted to. I only watched like the first it's episode. Back. I haven't seen it all. Well, me and Jenny, do you want to watch? Do you want to do a reaction video? Because you're talking about that. For I Vegas. was thinking it'd be fun to do a reaction video. Yeah, I just don't know I like the logistically how. I, I want to figure out logistically it's probably best to do it in Vegas or in LA. Uh, we can we can figure it out. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking that'd be a fun uh, episode. Yeah, I would like Just that. reaction. <laughs> yeah. And then Abby also said, um, I just saw Good Omens Tianguan Sifu fan yes! art on Instagram. Yes! Oh, we have the, to go I knew this, look for dude, that. Dude, yes, that is, I'm, I was saying like, that is such a good AU. I, where's the fanfics? Where's the, where's the heaven official Good Omens fanfics because their personalities are just so them. Like, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> they have a good character dynamic. Um, and then on episode 51 of Heaven Officials Blessing, um, Cindy asks, I just caught up to this part of the podcast and I'm confused and need someone to explain. Does Sialan lose his powers if he has sex? Isn't his cultivation yes, based on does. purity? So is he weaker now? Yes, he does. But remember that Hua Cheng lends him spiritual energy. <laughs> so like every single time Hua Cheng gives him bodily fluids or like kissing or like any single time they're touching watching is giving him spiritual energy so shelly just like how shelly is able to absorb spiritual energy in heaven because like there's so much spiritual energy in heaven he has powers when in heaven but in on earth there is no spiritual energy so he has to rely on like you know people praying to him and like incense and mm-hmm. stuff but since he has none of that in 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 the in the mortal realm he is literally 100% relying on watching to get all the all the juju but now now later on like at the epilogue of heaven official there's um there's a scene where people like, pray to shelly on watching together so through those prayers he now has he now yeah. has spiritual energy again but also remember in one of the episodes where he um lost his memory in like the extra chapters he like reverts back to his 16 year old self and he realizes he doesn't have any spiritual yeah. power and got it got like lost and it's because he didn't have any from watching Hot- <laughs> watching didn't, didn't provide him, him with any yet yeah. He's confused. Yeah. He's, yeah. So watching uh, just, uh, it's an endless supply of, they have to have sex a lot, I guess. Or, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> I guess that's what they do. Dual cultivation. Constantly cultivating. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's end of that sentence. <laughs> so then on um, season two, episode 10, Kate Payne says, The regret of Chin Chin, BL in song form. I love this part so yes. much. Said Ching Cho's yes. horror while Sitsi Long giggling at him yes. is so funny. That is so... Just imagine you're just listening to someone sing about you 
fucking <laughs> someone you think hates you. And you're just like, where did this fucking uh-huh. come from? Who wrote this? Where did this come from? Who wrote this? She also says, it's crazy to me that Sinjin Cho took so long to figure out that the novel he dropped in what into was really just a fanfic of the novel he hated so much yep. i've only read scum villain once and it took a long time and it was a long time ago so it's also it's almost like a totally new story to me because i don't remember half of what happened oh. you guys are doing an awesome job so <gasps> far and thanks with the help figuring out who is who in the novel so many names that are so alike oh uh, thank you that Kate. is the best comment ever <laughs> like i all bad. yeah i'm really glad because when i read it i was also very confused and it was it would have been nice to have someone like hold my hand and explain to me like over and over again like who was what so i hope we're doing a good job and if we aren't if you still need an explanation on like who a character is please let us know i would love to do a deep dive and let you i'll go through a character's history so that you're not confused about who that character is just let yeah. me know <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's a lot. There's always yeah. a lot. So every episode, we like to thank our students, which is our top tier on Patreon. So big thanks to Owl. Thank you, Faceboy23. Thank you, Kita. Thank you, Little Princess Shy. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Dumb Hummus and his white cheddar cheesin. And thank you, Rob. Thank you so much for being our top tier patrons. We couldn't have this show without you. Really appreciate all your support. Yeah. Do we have a quote for today? Shizen, why don't you hit me? You can beat me up to vent your anger. <laughs> the little masochist. I know. Shizen, don't be angry. I was wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, See you guys next week. Love you. Bye.